0: Welcome to Kush Chat.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cush Chat with your host, Keon Torres. September 17th, and it's the 17th episode. What are the odds of that? Anyway, that does not matter. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in each and every Thursday for Kush Chat. We have an amazing, extraordinary guest for you this week. She's a poet. She's a tarot card reader. But before we get into the interview, let's hear what I have to say real quick. Hey, before we get right into the interview, I need a huge favor from all of you, especially if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five star rating and review. This way we can make this podcast number one. I can't do this without you. It will mean the world to me. Now, time for Kush Chat. Tell the world who you are and what you do.
2: My name is Lucienne Berrios, born and raised in Queens in Astoria. I am a published poet, but I am also an intuitive tarot card reader.
1: Very, very, very interesting. And we're going to get into all that in just a bit. Now, I don't remember meeting you, but we did meet via Inspired Word. I think we became Facebook friends and then eventually we met like at one of the open mics or anniversary shows. Do you remember of how we, like we like cross paths?
2: Yeah, I believe I probably saw you perform okay, you probably performed the same night a couple times at one of those anniversary shows with Mike Geffner, who, with the inspired word, is amazing at supporting the art community here in new York and I think we just really vibed, you know, I think we're both really passionate artists, we believe in what we do. And we, I think we kind of have always agreed that when you are an artist, you're not, I don't want to say like an outcast, but you know, we beat to we walk to a different drum beat, you know, and I think we're okay with that. I think that's where you and me connect.
1: Oh, 100% agree with that. (laughs) How did you find out about the inspired word?
2: Honestly, um, that's a really good question. It's been so many years since I started with them. Um, it was probably online, finding it. And I know Mike goes around, you know, scouting people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he probably saw me perform somewhere and asked me if I would perform with their, with their movement.
1: Wow, really interesting. Do you remember the first time you performed?
2: Oh my God. Um, Jesus. I mean, we're probably talking like almost five years ago.
1: <laughs> oh man, um, time flies. Yes. Shit. I mean,
2: I'm sure I do. And I was probably super nervous. Um, you know, because I mean, I've written poetry all my life since I'm 10 years old. It's probably been the most natural way that I express myself, you know, especially when you're a kid, you don't really know how to, but poetry just came very naturally to me. Um, so it wasn't until maybe the last five or six years where I really started sharing it publicly. So I can I can imagine, I think it was when my first book was published, I performed with the inspired word. He gave me the platform to promote it. And he also knew my mentor, uh, Steve Cannon, rest in peace. He passed away in a couple of days. It'll be his one year anniversary. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, he's a, he was a huge figure in the Lower East Side for the arts community. Uh, he ran a nonprofit called The Gathering of the Tribes. So if anybody doesn't know that, please, please look it up. It's still, it's still here, and we're keeping it alive in his memory to support artists. You can go to tribes.org for that. But um, yeah, Mike gave me the platform to promote my first book, and I was probably up there shaken, shaken. But ever since then, he's always invited me to to represent Queens, especially when he does, you know, the Queens voices and the anniversary shows. And we've just built an amazing friendship since, since then, you know, he trusts my work and I trust his vision.
1: No, that's awesome. Mike is a great guy and he's like a mentor to me as well. Not just when it comes to performing arts, I ask him like a lot of like business questions as well, as as far as like stocks and stuff. So yeah, no, Mike's a great dude. Have you performed before the inspired word?
2: Um, you know what it, Honestly, I'm trying to think. I had performed at certain art galleries through a gathering of the tribes. Okay. Because my books were published with them. They have a printing company or a publishing company called Fly by Night Press. So whenever they would do readings, I would, I would perform with them. Like Howell is a place I've performed uh, with them as well. It's an art gallery in the Lower East Side. But really it was like Mike that gave me my first stage. Honestly.
1: Dope, dope. What yeah. was the feeling like for when you first performed in front of, like, total fucking strangers?
2: That's <laughs> a great question. Um, terrifying. Really? Um, terrifying, <laughs> but freeing. Uh, like, liberating completely. Because it was all of this art and all of this creativity that I had hidden, really from the world I mean you know when you express yourself like your art is the innermost parts of yourself right and it's like a lot of your innermost thoughts your vulnerabilities your your fears your your pain your joys everything so it was for someone who never really found it easy to outwardly express that self it um it freed me as much as I was up there shaking in my boots, <laughs> for real, I'm not even going to lie, I remember probably holding my book and just like seeing everything shake. But ever since then, it just really, it made me more and more confident knowing that that's what I was supposed to do. You know, I, it was terrifying, but it, it built me into being very, very, very comfortable in, in my expression it's always the first one is always hard, right? The first one's always hard. You're like, oh, my God, are these people going to think I'm weird or are they going to think I'm, you know, whatever. You think all of these things, but it's it's not about that, right? Like it's it's about sharing and you never know who you're going to connect with or who you're going to inspire. Maybe that person is going through something and you've given their feelings a voice. You know, you got to look at it that way. Like I think poetry in particular is meant to evoke emotion, not provoke it. And those are two different things, you know.
1: No, oh, that's for sure. And that's really yeah. deep that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, like I never got stage fright f- mm-hmm. from when I first performed. I just I just didn't care anymore. Like I just stopped mm-hmm. giving a fuck. And that mm-hmm. this goes way back when I was like a kid. Cause I, I yeah. believe it or not, I was a shy fucking kid. I used to get bullied a lot when I was mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. And then it came to this point in my life. This was like after I left high school and This is like my, I must say, late teenage years. And I just stopped caring. And then that's when I started like really going in with recording. And then I eventually found out about open mics. And I was like, nah, I'm just not going to give a fuck what people think. And I'm just going to perform. And the first Mm -hmm. time I performed, I felt that rush and that Mm -hmm. addiction to the stage. And I was like, oh, I can do this over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, but you're a beast. You know what I mean. Oh, thank you're, you. You're a beast. I've seen you perform, and you are so, you are so good and so inspiring. Your energy is like, your energy is just. I can't even. I don't even know how to explain it. That's how big it is. And it, like again, it is inspiring. I think when people watch you perform, because I've seen you perform, it makes me feel like you know what? I need to get up there, and do my thing and be that solid in knowing what I do. Because I think I've spoken to you about this personally too. It's like, you don't have to worry about whether or not what you do is like anybody else's thing or isn't, is it better? It's not about that. You have to be true to your voice and just be really authentic, right? Like that's the thing. It's just knowing exactly who you are. I think that's what people are looking for in artists is just authenticity.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not, and not only that, I always tell everybody this, like, when I get in my zone, I just feel like I have the whole world in the palm of my hand. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I have everybody just watching me. And I feel like they have to watch me when I'm up there on stage. I don't, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. Like, you just yes. see everybody's eyes just on you. And you're like, yes, this is my time. And you're all of you are going to just listen to me.
2: <laughs> exactly. Because you have something to say. You know, what we do as writers you know, people are like, oh, how do you write? How do you do this? I mean, what writers are naturally observers. We observe life. We observe feeling. We observe each other. We observe, like, our social issues, our economic issues. Yeah, that's, like, right. that's That's right. what we do. And as writers, it's, I think it's our duty. We've been given a gift to be able to express ourselves the way that we do and see things the way that we do that other people may not be paying attention to you know, because they're they're so caught up in like the everyday rat race or (laughs) things that have been like imposed on us to do on a day to day basis. Right. But we're naturally inclined to do that. So I think it's important for us to use those gifts to inspire change, inspire thought. That's how change really happens is by conversation at first.
1: Oh, I got a very good question to ask you. So do you think like, Normal people that are not in the arts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think when it comes to like relationships, friendships, or whatever, even people like at your job, like coworkers, do you mm-hmm. think they don't understand us artists when we talk about how important art is to us?
2: It's not that I don't think they understand. There's something that I always say about that. Um, in general, I think people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. Mm. Right? So it's, it's a matter of whether or not they're comfortable within themselves to acknowledge how they feel about certain things. Because I think that there's an artist in everybody. I agree. Right? There's an artist in everybody. It's just whether or not they're comfortable with their inner selves enough to tap into that to express it. And not everybody is. Everybody's got their own journey. Everybody's got their own path. And we're all at different points in that journey. Well said. So, uh, yeah.
1: Well Thank said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Now here's the million dollar question. What got yeah. you into poetry?
2: Oh my God. Okay. Well, like I said, I I think the first poem I remember reading, I was uh, writing, forgive me,
0: <laughs> was
2: um I was 10 years old, nine or ten years old. It was when the Oklahoma City bombing happened. And I was a kid in elementary school and I had always been into reading ever since, even before my books, Um, I was reading very early as a kid. But yeah, when that happened, I just remember being really moved and really upset for the people that were victims of of that bombing, specifically like children and stuff that had passed away. So I wrote a poem about that wow yeah
1: no that's that's really deep so from yeah. there like that just like pushed you to write more and more
2: all the time it was how i i dealt with all of my feelings about everything and even if i was always everybody's like therapist <laughs> in high school I can relate. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> so sometimes people would come to me like with their problems and i would end up writing poems for them about like their relationship issues you know what i mean because it can be hard to express yourself. It can be really hard. So I would I would write a poem like from their voice, almost like acknowledging their feelings and expressing it in a way that maybe they were having difficulty doing, you know, so that they could navigate their own feelings mm. maybe a little bit more clearly.
1: Mm. Tell me more of how mm. you were as a kid.
2: Oh my God, okay. As a kid, uh, obsessed with music, obsessed with music, that's all I did. What did you listen, listen. to? Fifties and sixties music was my absolute favorite. Oh awesome. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of like Jackie Wilson, No nice. Town, Fats Domino, like all, all of that, especially like Motown. I mean, Otis Redding is probably one of my absolute favorites. But my parents were really big on music. My parents met in a disco in the 70s. You no know? way. So, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They, they're both... Uh, well, my mom is originally from Brooklyn. Uh, my dad is born and raised in Astoria also. Sweet. And they they met at a disco dancing, dancing all night. So when I was growing up, Um, there was always music in the house and vinyls, you know, we had a record player, I still have like all my dad's records. And um, every every type of music, anything from like Jimi Hendrix to Janis Joplin to salsa to 50s music to disco music, just absolutely everything under the sun. So I do love everything. But for some reason, like doo-wop and, and Motown was, was for me where it's at, because it was raw, right? There was no um, you know, messing with the voices, yep. there was none, there was none of that, it was very, very pure, and even, even the things that they sang, sang about, now, I love R&B and hip-hop music, okay, I was in a hip-hop dance crew for a couple of years, like, so I love it, but they, they were talking about love in a, in a much different way that I think I connected to as somebody who grew up with old-fashioned parents, Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just identified with it. Jackie Wilson was like my number one. I remember sitting there till one o'clock in the morning, even being like 11 years old, just listening to him over and over and over again.
1: That is so cool. And (laughs) I I can totally relate to because I was raised by my grandma. So my grandma listens to all that music. That's why I have such a deep love for music for all genres because, Mm -hmm. especially during those days, it was, like you said, it was just so raw and it was really from the heart and it was like really, Mm -hmm. like, there was like no politics to it. Like, you didn't have to worry about like a label and all that, like, you know, how Mm -hmm. it is nowadays. But like Mm -hmm. back then, there's just, it was just true artistry, and it was just so beautiful and deep. And- it was
2: so, it was yes, so, man. Yes, it definitely you was. Know? And you know what? And it goes back to what I said before, right? Because that music evoked emotion in you. It didn't provoke you the way some, some of the music now might. Yeah. Or the music that's come up since then, right? It's a lot of, like, shock value, that type of thing. Which we love, right? I'll get up on the dance floor to that day all day long.
0: Like, don't get
2: it twisted, same. you know? But, yeah, I love it. But it's, it's different, you know? If you listen to a Motown song and then listen to, like, a maybe a, a more modern song or whatever, it doesn't have the same lasting effect because I think there's a certain level of truth that isn't quite the same yeah. between the two.
1: Yeah, not only that, I feel like music like that is timeless. And that's always been my goal as an artist is just to make timeless music. I just don't want to make a song for it to be a hit for a couple of weeks. No, I want to make a a song that's going to last forever.
2: Exactly. And the only way for that, I think, to happen is if it's authentic and if it speaks to, like, a truth that people can identify with. You know, like, I'm not identifying with the drop-top, or the Lamborghini, yeah. I'll dance to that, but like, I I personally don't necessarily relate relate to it, you know. Where if if you're talking about, you know, just Jackie Wilson again, because he's my boy, like, you know lonely teardrops who has not had their heart broken <laughs> oh and yeah. been crying in their motherfucking pillow for oh, hours right i, I love
1: like, like broken heart songs
2: <laughs> <laughs> me too
1: i don't know why I, I just enjoy them so much i just love emotional music in general me too.
2: <laughs> me too well because because we're in tune with like how we feel yeah right that's why we express ourselves the way that we do we're not afraid to feel those things oh
1: yeah i'm i'm very emotional <laughs> and can you, Man, go- you ain't
2: got to tell okay. me I'm a Pisces okay. shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've run off emotion. Every, everything to me is about how it feels. And really, like, your feelings tell you everything. That's true. You know, if you pay attention to your energy when you listen to things, when you're around people, when you're in certain situations, not just your head, like, it's your feelings that are going to tell you what's up.
1: No, that's for sure. Tell me more yeah. about this hip-hop like, dance crew you were in. <laughs> I need to hear this story. Yes,
2: okay. Well, okay, how it started. Well, I had been in and out of dance since I was a kid. Um, I had done ballet, tap, and, and modern dance for uh, a little while when I was younger. But, you know, I was very sensitive and kind of insecure as a kid, honestly. And I think I shied away from it because of that, even though my inner self was obsessed with it and in junior high school you know they used to have like those talent shows you know and of course i'd be like yo i want to do choreography and i would do it to like foxy brown Uh,
1: oh shit
2: yeah yeah man you know i'll be good you remember that song that
1: hell yeah
2: that was the jam that's my shit i know (laughs) so good right so i i i started i think to get um to realize how much I really loved it. But it really wasn't until I was much older, I decided I was going to start taking dance classes uh, at Broadway Dance Center for fun. At first, it was just for fun for me to just have like a passion in my life, you know, to express myself physically. And my cousin came with me to this class. Um, Well, she was supposed to, but she was late. (laughs) So when she hears this, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to put her on blast, Oh shit. but she was late. We were supposed to take this uh, dance hall class together, but because she was late, I ended up waiting for the next available class, which ended up being um, a hip hop dance class. And the teacher was uh, this woman named Bev Brown, who became my dance mentor for the next few years, who is also still one of my, one of my very, very good close friends And we took the class and man, was I out of my element because I was still this insecure person, you know, and she was so tough. Like I would stop. I almost wanted to cry at one point, but there was something about her energy that I was like, nah, I need to do this. I need to push past this fear. Like this is it you know yeah and I and I stood with it and I went from not knowing what the hell I was doing <laughs> to being a part of her dance crew Interesting, you know at, yeah and it was all her it was all her pushing me and don't get me wrong she she was tough man but she is an absolute legend like she's she's done like Janet Jackson Michael Jackson cool in the gang like she's been around the world dancing she's done everything and she is a two-time cancer survivor with one lung and she still still was dancing up until just a year ago and teaching wow yeah like serious serious inspiration she she changed my entire life in in the sense of believing in myself yeah I really think if it not you know my my writing mentor Steve Cannon really supported my art I mean he used to go over my poetry with me line by line but Bev I mean she taught me that it is all about my inner self-talk and I can have anything that I want like she she put me onto the book The Secret and that's a really good book it's amazing for anybody that hasn't read it or tried to apply a lot of the teachings in there like Amazon is delivering much quicker these days. Order it.
1: Yeah, and Order. if you and if you don't like reading, just listen to the audio book version. Listen <laughs> to the audio
2: and they have it on Netflix. Absolutely no excuse. Yep. To you know, it, it can only help you. You don't have to buy into every single thing, but I mean, when it comes to changing the way that you talk to yourself and believing that you can have what you want as if it's already yours. Hell yeah. Like, that's what I did when I went to the audition is I told myself, this shit is mine. I'm getting it. This is mine. And without any doubt, no doubt, it's like the idea really is, let's say you're at a restaurant, right? Just as like an analogy, you're at a restaurant, you put your order in, you don't fear or doubt that these people aren't going to bring you your food, right? You know that that's coming, yeah. You know what's coming, oh yeah you don't you don't even <laughs> think about it, you just sit there knowing it's coming,
1: especially when I have the munchies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hear that <laughs> but that's the idea of putting what you want out into the universe and just knowing it's going to come, yeah, just knowing it's a knowing, right, and that kind of ties in hand with what I say a lot, you know, with my tarot stuff and intuition, like knowing or just knowing it's going to be yours isn't attached to like an emotion. It's just knowing, right? Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, because anything that has uh, a feeling of fear or doubt rooted in it is sure not, not to happen No, because you're sending a message of lack.
1: Yes, no, for sure. And I feel like that's why, us as human beings, we always question everything because we need mm-hmm. to know. It's just, it's just how we are as a species, if that makes sense.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's our need for control over things. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, our, it's our attachment to attachment. It's our attachment to outcomes. It's this need for control. And all of that stuff is ego-driven. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all ego driven. And that's not how the world works. The, the world works like on vibrations and 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 energy, right? Like like attracts like it's the law of attraction.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's why mm-hmm. I also feel sometimes, especially when I'm having like a shitty day. And I just think about other people who have it way worse than me. And I'm like, let me shut my fucking first world problems up because there's people that are living in third world countries that have it way worse than you and I. And it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. we take that for Mm -hmm. granted sometimes and we just get mad over the stupidest shit sometimes.
2: Well, I think because we... You know, where we come from not being grateful and yeah. we don't realize that, like being grateful for even and we all struggle with this. Like, I'm not sitting here saying it like, oh, I've got it down pack. Right. Because it's a journey. This oh, isn't yeah. Something you just do. And then that's it. Your life is figured out. It's like a constant process. You know,
1: no, I. So you I you constantly agree.
2: have to pra- practice being grateful. Like I have one of those dry erase boards on my fridge. Nice. And I I write down things to be grateful for that I have my nieces and my 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 nephew that I still have my dad. You know that I had my mother as long as I did. You know what I mean that I was able to be there for her when she was ill, mm. and when she passed away. Even though it's a bittersweet thing, but not a lot of people are there or able to be there when that stuff happens you know so it's about finding the reasons to be grateful even through the hard times like even even now with everything that's happening right like thank god i've been able or thank the universe whatever people believe in yeah <laughs> that, that i've but you know i don't want to force anything on anybody but like you know that I'm able to have a roof over my head still. There's a lot of people that don't yeah. or that are struggling to pay rent y- right now.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's just so crazy. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to keep getting worse because everything is like a political game nowadays. And I just feel like we don't care about our fellow human.
2: Oh, we're going to learn real quick. We
1: are. I definitely And agree. that's what
2: this whole process is about. I really feel like all of this is happening for us. Right. So there's a, a difference between thinking that, that things are happening to you, but you can change your perspective to it happening for you. And that's something that I've been working on again. You know, that, because as things happen in your life, you have to go through this process again. You know, like I just went through a breakup or whatever. And for, for a little Same. bit in the beginning, you, you know, we spoke about it. We spoke about it. I was, I was all up in my feelings. You know, I was all up in my feelings. And then I had to just twist my perspective into I'm, I'm so much stronger now. Like that whole situation really changed me. And it brought me back to my spirituality it brought me closer to my family I've been spending more time with them than I did when I was with this person you know or in any relationship it wasn't even just him it was a pattern of cycles I was going through over and over and over again because I wasn't learning the lessons Mm. and it it finally it was like a reality check and it brought me closer to myself so instead of being oh woe is me I got hurt which sometimes I still feel, you know, or I still felt or whatever it is. I'm still grateful to all the people that broke my heart or that I hurt or whatever, because it's made me so much better. It brought me back to, no, for real. And I'm telling you, it really, you have to look at it that way. Like that person, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in it. I believe that you meet everybody for, for a reason, and, and it can either be a lesson or a bridge to something else, mm. you know? So it's, it's always for you. It's always for you. If that person broke your heart, look for, look for the lesson in it. Like, oh, yeah. What did you learn? Oh, yeah. Right? Whether it's discernment, right? Like taking your time, not rushing in, or trusting your intuition, which was my lesson. Mm because anything I ever thought happened, but why didn't I trust myself? I wasn't loving myself enough to trust myself. And now that will never happen again.
1: What do you think is love?
2: Ooh, but love comes in so many forms, Mm. right? Like through your (laughs) friends, it does, through your friends, through your work friends, through your family. You know, if you're thinking like romantic love, I also think that's different for everybody. You know, like, you can't expect somebody to be everything for you. That's true. Which is why I think love comes in so many forms. Like, to put that much pressure on a situation is crazy. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. You can't do that. Excuse me. You can't do that. Like, romantic love, for me, because I'm a romantic, it's about time, right? That's the biggest thing you can give someone is your time.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: That's something you don't get back. Yeah, it's, it's not something you can save. It's not something like I said that you can get back that it's once it's gone, it's gone. Like your your life is not infinite. You are an, an infinite energetic being. But our 3D like physical lives are finite. Right. Yeah. So when you're giving somebody a year, two years, 10 years, whatever it is of your life, that is the biggest gift.
1: Oh, you can shit. give someone That's, that is a fact yeah what do you think time is exactly though
2: time i mean time is a a construct we've created to make sense of like our existence Mm. it doesn't it doesn't really exist right yeah
1: i always said it's an illusion (laughs) yeah
2: it, it is it's an illusion time is fluid um it's just the way we make sense of the sun rising and setting you know but it's within relationships it's you know, hanging out with a person, sharing your feelings, sharing your passion, sharing your dreams, you know, laughter, doing things together, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like the movies. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's a real thing. And I think I said that in one of my readings recently, um, you know, that it's, it's not, it's not like the movies. I think, time for lack of a better word is is effort
1: mm. no that, that's for sure and i feel like
2: yeah.
1: you know both of our generations is there's a huge disconnect because mm-hmm. i feel like for example like when your parents first got together there was mm-hmm. genuine love and they didn't have to worry about like social media Nope. just a bunch of distractions mm-hmm. that can interfere in a person's relationship
2: having way too many options or the illusion of options yeah. because of social media and it being so hypersexualized. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
2: very 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 superficial like that's that's not love. I mean, social media kills relationships. I've experienced it myself. You know, we all succumb to that. I think because it's ingrained in us. And even at our age, we didn't really grow up with social no, media. No, we didn't. For most of it. Yeah,
1: not until like MySpace.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who really used that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or what was it? Friendster was the other one. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <All> right, yeah. <laughs> I, and like, yeah. like AOL chat rooms, too.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, we actually went and did things with our friends. I mean, like, I had a beeper. Remember, you had oh, to actually memorize people's numbers. You actually had to invest in the people you were connected to. It wasn't just a like here and a double tap there. Like people don't really have to make a lot of effort to maintain connections anymore. So they remain very, very superficial unless we put in that time slash effort to maintain it. It's about like going back to basics. Yeah. You know, I think everybody should like deactivate their shit for like a week or two every now and then just to just to reset, to, to sit with yourself, sit, sit with your family Sit with your whoever your family is. It doesn't even have to be blood related, whatever you think your family is, Facts. right? That, that could be family by choice, it doesn't, or by, by interest, by whatever it is. Um, you know, whatever it is for you, it's about really just being there, just like really being there, not staring into your phone.
1: Yes. Thank you. Oh, shit. yeah.
2: Like pick your fucking head up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's one of my goals in life. I just want to just be financially free and just delete every single social media that I have. Because once I reach Mm -hmm. that level, I'm like, why do I need to be on my phone? I just want to lay on the grass and just fucking breathe the beautiful air.
2: Oh, my God. I used to always say that, that I just want to, like, lay in the grass and write. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) That's what I want to do. And what I really like about the thing that you said, um, you want to be financially free. Right. The way you even express that, there's no negative words in there. There's only positive words. You're not saying like, I don't want to be poor or I don't want to be this. You're saying I'm going to be financially free. That's exactly how you have to talk in order to get that stuff. No,
1: for sure. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like like, I'm a minimalist, so I don't really care about like buying like fancy things. Don't get me wrong. I like dressing up. And, like, going to, like, fancy spots once in a blue. I see you. I see (laughs) you. You got swag, boy. I see you. (laughs) But it's just, like, I just, you know, that's not who I am. Like, I was born in a broken home. I was raised by my grandmother, who was a junkie, who turned her habit and actually became a street hustler in order to provide for me because my mom had me too young and my father was a deadbeat. So it was just, you know, there was a lot going on. And I was like, you know. If I do ever have kids, I never want them to go through what I went through growing up. Right. So it's just, and I am grateful for where I'm at right now. And it's just, you know, and I know I make my grandmother proud because she had a crazy fucked up life on her own.
2: But she taught you how to hustle though.
1: Exactly. She she did.
2: Right. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm.
1: she, she was a stripper when she was younger. Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, she mm-hmm. had that street mentality and she just mm-hmm. knew how to, like, survive, and I gotta give her that, and she just yeah. brought that all into me. And, and
2: that's very brave, you know, for a grandmother to, to do that, like, think about how things probably were when, like, she was growing up. That yeah. probably wasn't an easy choice for her, but she did what she had to do to make sure that hers went, like, went provided for.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? and, like, she had my uncle and I at like 13 years old. So wow. it just, yeah, it's just, you know, and wow. then she had like, you know, my mom at like 27 when she was 27. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, and my mom and I, we don't have like a good relationship because this is a mm-hmm. very disconnect because, you know, she had me like super young. So yeah. it's just, you know, I don't really see her as my mom. I always saw my grandma as my mom. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and I feel like where we're at right now, it's best we don't talk to each other because, you know, it's just, it's just a lot going on. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's better for both of us to have peace of mind.
2: Do you feel like you ever want to bridge that gap?
1: I tried. And it's just, okay if she's not willing to understand where I'm coming from, there's no point of wasting my, and there goes back to the you know, the time mm-hmm. thing. There's no point of yeah. wasting my time if you're not going to, you know, step up as I'm stepping up to you.
2: Right. She may have to forgive herself first.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't mm-hmm. think she's too stubborn mm-hmm. to do that. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully one day she does. And I I'm feel sure like, she will. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, and my sisters are getting like that, too, because they're picking that up from her. So, you know, my mm. relationship with my sisters are like, uh. Eh. But the cool thing is, I'm happy that I met my brother from my dad's side last year after never yeah after not never meeting him, he didn't even know I existed because of my dad. Oh
0: wow! Yeah.
1: So, but I found him on Instagram, and from there we're like we're like best of friends. So that I
2: mean, look at that—a positive thing about social media, right? And I I was having this conversation with somebody recently. You know, as much as like social media is destructive in so many ways, you can see the a bit of the positivity in it especially during this time right when we're all quarantined and we can't go see yeah. people as easily as we did 4 months ago only right like it's it's been wonderful to still be able to connect with people and share ourselves and be connected because as much as we should be okay being alone we are social creatures by nature and we need love and affection yes we do it's super important for our emotional and psychological well-being right to feel connection healthy connections with other people like the better our relationships are I really believe like the longer we live
1: oh for sure for sure and yeah yeah, that that's just crazy I hate like talking about death but
0: Mm, it's okay
1: yeah what do you think like death is especially once we go into the afterlife what do you think the afterlife is
2: that is such a big question um because I'm sure you know I lost my mother. Yeah, I'm so years. sorry to hear
1: that. It's okay. Too. Thank yeah. you.
2: I lost her two years ago. It'll be her second year anniversary on July 24th. Uh, so I hate July. <laughs> but I don't think it's an end. It's an end of like the physical form. And I know it sounds very wishy-washy. People can think whatever they want about it. But, you know, we are energetic beings. And energy does not die. Yeah,
0: you know? it so.
2: I think we become part of like the universe again, but we're still, we're still ourselves, just not in the form that we saw in this 3d life, you know, Mm. like, like, and the, one of the main reasons I'm telling you that this, this shit is real, dude. Okay. People can think what they want, but I have seen some shit. I have experienced things, you know, the night before my mother died, um, I was sleeping and I, had this crazy vivid dream that she had. Now my mother was on life support at this time, so she was sleeping or she, she was under, she was not consciously awake. And I had this dream that she had me in a room and she told me, Lucy, I've been sick really for two years. I have to go. My mother died very quickly. Like it seemed like she was fine. And she came to visit us with my dad and then she started not feeling good. And within six weeks she was gone. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, she had me in a room and she told me in this dream that she had been sick for two years and she had to go. And she said it in a way that like she was at peace with it, but she felt sorry for us. And I woke up from this dream in this middle of this conversation with her, with my aunt, my mom's sister, calling me at 430 in the morning, telling me to get to the hospital that the doctor said it didn't look good. And my mother died, like, 11 or 12 hours later.
1: Wow. That. That's so crazy. hmm mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: And the night that she died, I was – I woke up in the middle of the night again. And I swear to God, I swear I swear on myself, whatever, I felt, like, a couple fingers or something just, like, touch my back. Oh, wow. And I just knew – I knew it was her. I knew it was her. And I, even, I didn't even question it. I was just like, hey, mom – you know, and with the tarot cards, I thought I was bugging out. I thought I was bugging out because all these answers I were getting, even for other people, um, were, were making sense to them. And I was asking, I'm like, what is this? I'm like, am I going crazy here sitting by myself during this quarantine? Is that what's happening? Am I just like losing my mind or what is this my intuition? Like, what is it? And the cards that I got, um, basically said that it was, the mother and daughter connecting through the spiritual world. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I burst into tears. Um, so even whenever I do readings, I have my mom's picture uh, with me, you know, because the- um, I really do feel like it's her.
1: Wow. I was going to mm-hmm. ask do you think dreams is like our gateway to the spiritual world?
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, Not all of them, right? Because some, some of them are like our inner workings and making sense of the day or just our feelings that maybe we didn't acknowledge while we were in our waking life. But I do think that when we sleep, because we're at such rest, it's like ultimate meditation. Oh, yeah. Right? So when you're at ultimate meditation that way and rest, I feel like that's when your third eye is like way more open to to see through the veil that separates us from that world
1: hell yeah no Mm -hmm. for sure and it's just it's just so crazy to me when it comes to dreams because sometimes you're in full control sometimes you may not be in control and that's where like nightmares Mm -hmm. and stuff comes in and and lucid dreaming as well and it's just Mm -hmm. i always find dreams very fascinating because there's so many different sayings when it comes to dreams. Like you can have romantic dreams of like past mm-hmm. lovers or future mm-hmm. lovers. You can fucking dream of the dead. You yeah. can um just dream of flying around in the sky. It's just it's just pretty crazy to me. And it's just and like you said, it, it probably does have to do with our third eye. Trust me, I'm a huge believer that we all have mm-hmm. a third eye and we're going to get into that later.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: And, and it's, just, it's just fascinating that we don't ask ourselves, what really is this thing we call dreams?
2: Well, I think people don't ask themselves this question because I think maybe it's so big
0: yeah maybe
2: we're afraid we wouldn't be able to handle the truth yeah about it, right, because it would change the very way we see our own existence Ooh. if we acknowledged it, right all yes. the things we think matter would not matter
1: <laughs> seriously anymore.
2: it would look at what's happening, oh, look at what's happening right now. Everything we have constructed our world and ourselves around have been removed, yeah. Have been removed. And look at what's happening. Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> even, in, even in numerology, like the year 2020, if you reduce the numbers down to a single digit, it's four. You know, And funny? the number four is related to chaos. Oh. So this is a year of chaos.
1: Oh, it's crazy. It's that you...
2: big. It's no, big. wait,
1: wait, <laughs> wait. I got something to tell you. Because you, <laughs> yes. you mentioned the number four and my grandma is like heavily into numerology. and she told me that my number is four
2: (laughs) well maybe because you're meant to shake shit up interesting maybe you're meant to shake things up chaos doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing It, it comes with like so many negative connotations but like what's worse like a bit of chaos that because nothing is permanent right so it won't be chaotic forever or complacency Like, what's what's worse? Right. Like, change is a good thing. And sometimes there's always an element of chaos and change because it's the breaking down of foundations. And that's exactly what's happening. You know, everything as we knew it is being questioned. And it should be because we've been living with blinders on for our whole lives. Really?
1: No, our whole lives. We really have. Well, hold that thought. We got to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Damn, I knew this was going to be an out of the box, deep ass conversation. (laughs) And I'm so glad we are making this happen because we're just too too, out of the box.
2: Yeah, I can't help it. Yeah. I can't (laughs) help it. That's who I am. Same. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I like talking to you. Like, you get it.
1: Oh, yeah. Trust me, I'm way out there. That's why I don't think I work with anybody when it comes to relationships.
2: <laughs> that might be my problem, too, bro. Oh, man. I always get the you're too deep.
1: Yeah. Type of thing. Well, yeah. You
2: know what? Like, you need to be deeply invested in your life and in the way you feel about things. No, for sure.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Let's go back to the poetry questions. Sure. Okay. So what mm-hmm. style? Of, this is like a two part question. What okay. What style of poetry do you consider yourself because I remember one of my exes two exes ago who was a mm-hmm. poet as well, and she always separated a poet from a spoken word artist so yes
2: I could see that i see I see why um, I wouldn't consider myself a spoken word artist, um, but I think these labels on it are kind of silly like i don't know why as artists we have to divide ourselves oh yeah i hate labels it's it's really silly and it creates like a clicky type of thing yeah i'm not a clicky person i've never been like that i have lots of friends in different types of group because variety is the best right yeah i I don't want to just be with people that do things the way that i do them i like to be inspired by by others i feel like that makes me better You know, better in my own, better in my own art, better in my own writing. Uh, For me, I think the type of poetry I identify with the most is romantic period poetry. So it's a pretty old school, you know, it's along the lines of like Walt Whitman, Emerson. Um, Those are like two of one of my favorite kind of writers. There's a lot of newer writers I like too, but I think the way that I write is very much about feeling in relation to nature Mm. right and finding likenesses in our existence through nature right to me nature is church like that's where god or the universe really is it's not in buildings or anything we've We've created ourselves. I feel like that's where real inspiration lies. So I might find inspiration in the way a flower changes from one day to the next as I've seen it. And I'll write about that.
0: Mm. You know what I
2: mean? That's, that's what I'm inspired by. Um, there's, you know, political writers. Oh, yeah. There's environmental <laughs> writers. There's, you know, but we need that. We need, we no, need we people do. That, that do that. We need them those are the people that are going to impact like a lot of social and political change. Like I need those writers, you know, I need to hear those things too, because, you know, my inclination may be to write about the more spiritual side of life, you know, or the more emotional side of life. So my poetry may be a form of healing on the emotional level for some people, but then we also need people that speak to, the anger in us to the frustration on us, you know, like we, we need all of those different art forms. And I think spoken word artists are really good at that. They're really good at tapping into some very like deep rooted issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm very, very in awe of what a lot of them do, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, especially when they go, like, really theatrical with it. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's about, yeah, their delivery. They, they're they performers too, but it's but it's real. It's not BS. Like, oh, it's yeah. not some bullshit. Like, it's real. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, where yeah, me, I'm a little bit yeah. softer. Yeah. yeah. Me, I'm a little bit softer that way. You know, if, like, you need to cry or some shit happen, like, Come talk to me and come read some of my shit. Like, I got you, boo. <laughs> you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I write about other things, like uh, things that are very close to my heart, like gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. Being somebody that is born and raised in New York, and seeing how people that are really from here are being impacted by gentrification—it's oh, <laughs> it's a real—it's yeah, it's a real thing. We're being pushed out of our neighborhoods. Not that they're doing it on purpose. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to move different places. I've lived different places. I lived in Europe for four years. Oh, sweet. You know, I lived in Ireland for four years, and that's where I did my masters, and. You know, I could have been considered somebody that was like almost gentrifying Mm. or part of that gentrification movement in Ireland. Right. I could be seen that way. It's kind of the same thing. And I don't want to be looked at that way. I was just trying to live my life.
1: Yeah. No. Hell yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My thing with gentrification is just I feel like if you're going to move into a community knowing, you know, the community struggled, you know, throughout the years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like you as a human being if you have a good heart just help the community.
2: I could I could not agree with you more. You need to have respect yes. for the subcultures that preexisted your being there.
1: Yeah, and adapt.
2: Exactly. Or find ways to to bridge yes, that the too. new people yes. and, you know whether it's like creating Outdoor markets for maybe some of the local people yeah. who have small businesses, you know, bridging bridging that gap so there isn't this perceived threat between each other. Yeah, right. Like, because I know I don't want to feel like I'm being pushed out of my fucking neighborhood. Because I'm telling you straight up, I ain't going nowhere.
1: No, yeah, same. Okay? Same. Well, like, I'm doing the opposite. I'm, I'm like reverse gender <laughs> fine. I'm going to the white neighborhood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, yeah, you know, nah. like you're you're always where exactly where you're meant to be.
1: No, hell yeah. So,
2: and you know that, you know that like the choices you make are not by accident. But they they should be more sensitive and see how they could contribute contribute to that neighborhood. You know, whether it's um you know just donating groceries yeah. to to the local projects, you know what I'm saying? Like anything if if you're a well-off artist or whatever why don't you hold com- hold a community art center for yes. a month yes like
1: after for school children. programs yeah
2: exactly exactly like give back to your community like one of the things i did and i'm from here though but you know i i would do uh, poetry workshops in lower income uh, junior high schools and high schools awesome you know and it was all a way of trying to get these young people, uh, to find different coping, me- coping mechanisms outside of drugs, alcohol, or sex, like things that, that could potentially harm them. Cause a lot of these kids are ending up pregnant at 13 or, you know, they, they come from some of the stories I heard were very sad, you know what I mean? Including rape by family members and, oh, this and, that, you yeah. know? and they, they need that. You know, I remember one workshop I did. This young African-American boy is so beautiful. Um, You know, I I didn't put a lot of pressure on it. Let me go back to how I started it. Like, I I didn't put a lot of pressure on it. I would tell them straight up. I'm like, this is not about rules. I'm not here as like your English teacher. This is whatever you want it to be.
1: Fuck yeah. There's,
2: There's so much freedom in writing and there's so much freedom in poetry. I don't care if it rhymes. I don't care how long it is. Just write. Just right, And I would give them writing prompts and I tell them you could use one of them, two of them, all of them or absolutely none of them. It's all about whatever you want. Yeah. So I gave them that freedom. Children who have to raise their hands to even go to the bathroom like they don't have freedom in so many aspects of their life.
1: Talk about you know, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like giving them a little bit of freedom to really express themselves is so important to healing and 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 to them. Navigating themselves in a much more honest way, right? And not being afraid to say, you know what, I'm hurting here. These kids are carrying around so much shit. Yeah. You know, and they don't talk about it, especially, I don't want to say more so men than women, but I mean, men have been conditioned not to be expressive about how they feel. So there was this young African American boy who wrote about um, himself. And it basically the gist of his poem was how people viewed him as being somebody who would never really amount to anything, one, because of the color of his skin, secondly, because he came from a lower income area and family. And this boy was crying as he read his stuff out loud. It was so powerful. It was so powerful. And I just like held his hand as he was reading this out loud, and I'm telling him, you can do all of this. Hell yeah. You can do anything that you want. I mean, you've already taken the first step by even acknowledging that this is how you feel. You know, and I hope, I really hope he's continued to expressed himself that way, you know, or there's people that wrote about, you know, their dad not being around. Imagine Carrie, and you know what that's Oh, I relate.
1: Right. I relate to all of that.
2: <laughs> right, and what it's like to carry that, you know, with you.
1: you know, that is you know, some
2: heavy shit.
1: You know it's crazy? You know when I saw my dad for the first time in person, mm. and we didn't even speak, I saw him in a fucking club in New York.
2: No way. Because he
1: was a club promoter. Well, okay. he still is, yeah.
2: But well, that's
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and I saw him because he knew my ex my last ex-girlfriend's best friend, because they're like around the same age. They're like in their forties. And it's just fucking weird that out of all these years, the first time I ever see my dad is in a fucking club in New York City while I'm turning up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah you know and it's just you know yeah. I, there was so much yeah. emotion built up in me and I just mm-hmm. wanted to punch him in the fucking face mm-hmm. like, like wow this is some fucking crazy shit after all these years the, mm-hmm. the last place I expect to see this motherfucker is in a fucking club where I love being because I love going out and just having a good time
2: I know but what just, is like know, the chances of you ending up in the yeah place exactly
1: it, it, yeah it's so fucking crazy you were, crazy. And you he were looked,
2: meant to see him
1: yeah, and he looked at me, and he, like, grilled the shit out of me because yeah, I felt like he didn't want to see me there. And then, yeah. Oh, well,
2: so, that's not cool.
1: Yeah, that, that is not cool. And it's just like, all right, fuck you, asshole.
2: So you didn't but, talk to him that night? Or? No,
1: not at all. Wow. No, not at all because I and don't how,
2: know. Did, how did that make you feel? Were you angry, or did you feel rejected again?
1: I felt good because I'm like, look, motherfucker, I became a man without you. Right.
2: Right, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. But is there not a root of anger and resentment in that feeling?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I write okay. a lot about it in my music. Yeah. So
2: yeah.
1: And well, it's you just, found you know,
2: an outlet for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't hard for me because um, Eminem is the one who inspired me to make music. Oh, his life and my life like are very parallel.
0: Right. So right. it's just
1: you know I always took it out on music. So the I day I finally that. saw him. It's just like, it, you know, I wanted to like punch him in the fucking face. But at the same time, I'm like, look, motherfucker, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I became my own man without you. And I'm proof that it goes to show you don't need a man to be a man.
2: And you don't. Yeah, you don't. So you use it as inspiration as opposed to allowing it, it to be. A yeah, wing.
1: to escalate. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that
2: but that shows that shows a lot of strength. Right. And that is the whole point about like choice and perspective You know, there's a lot of people and I'm sure I've been guilty of the same thing that we we internalize it and self-loathe and feed into like the negative feelings as opposed to turning it into some sort of inspired action. Yeah. Right. And you managed to do that. This is a lot about your your willpower.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm glad I'm at the age where, like, I'm more wise in the head, you can say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just because I've dealt with so much shit when I was younger. And I, I don't think I would have handled that situation if I was, like, five years younger. Right. So it just right. goes to show the older you get, the more you're more mm-hmm. aware and you're more, you know, you're very conscious about your surroundings and how you mm-hmm. can react and not react to certain situations.
2: There's always a choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's
2: always a choice. I mean, we don't always make the right choice. I know sometimes I haven't, you know, in 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 my life, you know, I've given in to anger. I've given in to pain and impulsivity. Um, but it's really, you know, about not allowing your emotions to control you. Like, you are not your emotions. There's something there... They're like something that just passes. Because nothing is permanent, right? Like life yeah. itself isn't permanent. So it would yeah, make exactly. sense that everything within it isn't either. So we can't identify ourselves with feelings. Like I can't, I still have to train myself. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. And I'm like, no, Lucy, you're not sad. You're feeling sad feelings. That's mm. it. You're experiencing sadness. But yeah. you you are not sadness. There's Hell a difference. Yeah. So you have to change the way you you even talk to yourself about what it is you're experiencing. Cause once you even say I'm experiencing this, I automatically feel a separation between myself and that feeling, which allows me mm. to see it more objectively.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And it's
2: so hard. I still have to train myself. I still do that shit every day. I'm like, oh, I'm so angry. I'm like, bitch, you are not angry. You are just (laughs) experiencing anger. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: (laughs) You know? Yeah, there's a difference. It's so, it's so, it's so hard. And like I said, it's something that you have to constantly, constantly do and relearn, like throughout your life, you know. And and it's tough. It's tough.
1: For sure. Mm -hmm. No, that's a fact. How far do you know
2: about your indigenous roots? I, my family and I, on my dad's side, it comes from my dad's mother. Um, She was born and raised in Puerto Rico, uh, Arawak, Taino. And uh, we all have like ID numbers and everything. uh, So yeah, we're like officially a part of the... The census for it and everything, so it's legit. My dad, you know, does Native American drumming and powwows. Oh, that's so cool! And everything as well. Although it sucks, normally we have them in July. Uh, right now, but with everything going on, it's kind of an impossibility. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it runs through my dad's side. I know more from his dad, my dad's side. Forgive me, than my mom's, but I believe it comes from her side too. Because on both sides of my family. Um, they're from Puerto Rico. Like my my mom's parents were born here, but her grandmother was not. My dad's mom was born in Puerto Rico. That's so, so cool. Yeah, like my dad is like first generation American on on his side.
1: Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> now let's get now. What's yes. your definition of being spiritual and being in tune with the universe?
2: Okay, I do not identify with any one particular faith um so i guess non-denominational i feel like religion religion even that word just sounds rigid right yeah it Um, does trust me i know yeah that's not that's not it like spirituality i think is knowing that love is the highest vibration and we are love everything is love like we're made of of stardust dude so being spiritual is like understanding that you are one with everything with everyone with the planets the stars like we're all connected yeah and it's acknowledging that connection and it's just a feeling i i don't think that there's any judgment involved in it you know it's it's all it's all about love And that's it. I guess you could say love is the religion of spirituality.
1: I've always fucking said that. Like we need to worship love more.
2: That's it. But it is. It's the highest vibration, right? Doesn't it feel a lot better?
1: Yeah, it does. Than other
2: things. Even if you don't like a person. But if you send that person love, you free up so much of your heart space. Like spirituality is an energetic thing. Within yourself and in between people. And that's more real than any... any doctrine or or any label any any statue you worship any whatever right and it's the power of thought it's the power of word which is very important for people like us that use words to convey things right i mean even look at all the religions they all have the same ideas right they all they all have prayer prayer Mantras, it's all the same thing. It's like using words to create a certain type of energy to bring into your life. Like, that's, what, sure. that's what you're doing with chants, with mantras, with prayer. You call it what you will, it's yeah. the same fucking thing. It's the same thing
1: yeah exactly and when it comes to the universe for me Mm -hmm. trust me i'm a huge believer in the universe Mm -hmm. because the universe has guided me in the most craziest (laughs) scenarios of my life so Mm -hmm. every day till this day i am so grateful because like you said it's not coincidence this is meant to happen for a reason exactly and i'm a firm believer in that yeah
2: exactly i mean Go ahead, go
1: ahead. You finish. No, no no finish, no, no. finish. No, no, no. I saying. want
2: you to finish your thought, because I'll just bridge. No,
1: no. That no, that that was basically it. Yeah. But it's true,
2: <laughs> right? But it's true, right? It's like if people think it's not real, or people don't believe in like astrology and stuff. I understand that some of it sounds kind of unbelievable, right? Um, but even if you think of it about it on like a very simplistic. In a very simplistic way, like think about how the moon affects the tides. Yeah. And the moon affects, you know, female menstrual cycles. Why would, it, and we're made up mostly of water, right? And it affects water. Why would we oh, not yeah. be affected by certain planetary movements? Because again, energy, right? It gives off a certain type of energy. That's how the universe is working with each other and against each other, right? Because it creates conflict, it creates peace, it creates all of these things through the types of energy and how it's um, colliding with one another or being absorbed or received, right? So how could we not be affected by those things? I'm not saying you have to follow your sun sign or whatever it is, but like, (laughs) I want one person to come and tell me that they didn't deal with some shit during these retrogrades that oh, just happened yeah. especially venus retrograde y'all know you all heard from an ex or wanted to text that ex i don't even want to hear it we all know that stuff happened whether oh, yeah, you were yeah. thinking about it or the feelings were resurfer- resurfacing or whatever wounds maybe you didn't deal with or whatever all of that stuff is happening even right now mercury retrograde you know how many times i've had problems with like my, technic- my tech devices or even stuttering over my words, which I never do because it makes communication garbled. Oh, like,
1: I so relate to that. Yes. I know exactly what the fuck you're saying. Yes. Oh, shit.
2: Yes, it is real. <laughs> it is real. I'm not saying you need to follow it like Bible, but like just be open to the idea.
1: Yeah, be aware.
2: Just be aware that, like, okay, maybe you had that argument with that person. Maybe what you said wasn't taken the way that you meant it. Mercury retrograde, boo. You know what I'm saying that's what it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: let's let's go deeper when it comes to the third eye okay yeah, so do you believe we have like more hidden energy or senses when we uh, when it comes to the third eye like potential that we haven't even tapped
2: into yet Oh of course, a hundred percent a lot of people don't don't acknowledge don't acknowledge their intuition right like we we all have that like the stomach is like what's considered like the second brain. And it's a lot of like your gut feelings, right? We all hear that saying your gut feelings. Like we all, every single person has that. It's built into us. It's built into us, but we use such a small amount of our true selves because we've been living against our true nature for probably hundreds of years.
1: Shit! No, you that know? is
2: for sure. Yeah. So we've become disconnected to it. Like if you see kids that are just born or are really young, like they're not conditioned the way that we are yet, because they're still in a very pure form energetically oh, yeah. and are very much about what love, which yeah. the energy—that's the main energy of the universe, right? Yeah, like exactly. It's the highest energy of the universe, right? Without bad things the good things won't exist there there's always a, a yang to the yang there has to be
1: exactly right? not only that i feel like for us especially i feel mm-hmm. like a lot of that purity hasn't left us as we became older
2: it hasn't if you still tap into it yeah right you need to still be open to that like if you remind yourself to view the world as a child right with with that sense of wonder and purity and love um, more and more good things happen to you and you're just happier and it's really hard to, rem- to remember to do that you know it's hard for me sometimes to remember to do that because we got bills to pay and we yeah. gotta get up and go to work and some people have kids they need to take care of so it's not really even about them half the time you know what I mean the way that we live With this nine to five shit or for people that have to work nights or whatever it is, the way that we live is pulling us further and further away from from our true selves.
1: Yeah, because right Right. now we're just programmed to just think about survival.
2: Exactly. Because we've been taught fear. Yeah, exactly. Survival or the need for survival is an instinctive response to what? To to feeling threatened Oh yeah. To feeling like your stability may may be lost, right? That's survival exactly. instinct. But that's not love.
1: Right? That but isn't love, love is
2: knowing that there's enough for everybody.
1: Yes. You know and, and you know what's crazy? One thing I did notice is as much as the world is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. When I went to a protest, it was just so beautiful seeing all different backgrounds mm-hmm. united for the mm-hmm. same cause out of love. And it yep. was just so peaceful and just everybody was just unified they didn't even care about the virus we care about making change for the betterment of our fellow human being
2: right well i still recommend that anybody going to these things please wear, wear a mask, mask. Please, yes no
1: trust me please <laughs> wanna... wear
2: a mask can we <laughs> i'm not
1: advocate for masks <laughs>
2: yeah but can we not do 1918 all over again
1: no like hell's no.
2: straight up like we need to learn from our mistakes but but r- outside of that whole thing I really do think it's our generation and, and the younger yes, generation yeah. that is going to change shit because
1: exactly the
2: people that have been in power for far too fucking long, if you ask me, have just been perpetuating cycles of poverty, cycles of lack, cycles of hatred, and that is not who we are. Yeah, That's, we need to move is, forward. It's an awakening. Yeah. We're, in, we're in an awakening right now. Like To me, the universe and God or whatever is both... Male and female. And I have to, I really have to give credit to my mentor with tarot and spirituality, Danichi Lazuli, because he taught me a lot of this stuff, you know, that the reason why we've seen in the last couple of years, like the, the Me Too movements and the mm. transgender stuff Hell and, yeah. and all of that is because the universe and God or whatever you want to call it is moving to its female form. Because mm. we've been in the male form of it oh, for yeah. a very long time with a patriarchal society. It's all a reflection of what's happening energetically in the universe.
1: Oh, my God. You, you couldn't have said it fucking way <laughs> better than that.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's so fucking he true. He taught me I'll...
2: that. Denichi Lazuli. If anybody doesn't know him, you need to look him up. You need to look oh, I'm, him up. I'm definitely
1: gonna look him up. He, he is an amazing, like, like an
2: amazing, amazing spiritual spiritual coach, and he is he is the real deal.
1: But you know mm-hmm. what's crazy that mm-hmm. that you say that? I always felt that one day a woman's gonna rule the world.
2: Oh, what's happening, boo? Yeah, people are resisting, but just you wait.
1: Yeah, no, it is, mm-hmm. and it, and it's just you know, and a lot of the like the front runners are gonna be all women. Mm-hmm. I feel like especially that's the one thing I noticed about the protest. Yeah. Everybody who organized it was a mother of their son who got killed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well because males have been and that's not to say females have not been tar- we've been targeted against since the beginning of time because oh, yeah, I think absolutely. I think our power was acknowledged a long time ago and and you know the creators of the societies that we live in as we know it knew that shit. That's why they yeah. created the idea of this importance on virginity, right? Mm. right, As if like somebody's thing was going to change our whole lives by sleeping with them. Like, no, it's yeah. not. No, it's <laughs> not. Nope, definitely not. Definitely not going to change my whole life unless I give birth. But guess who carries that, that baby? Who carries that life force and gives their energy and their life force to that living thing that's living oh, yeah. inside them? No, you know, that's
1: for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, think about it. Mother Earth. Hello. Yeah, there you go. Mother you Earth. Go. And without her, we are nothing.
1: Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like,
2: we have to respect the female form way more than we do instead of reducing it to body parts and pleasure. Like, that in itself is all about um, male heterosexual ideals imposed on the female form to, to limit it. To limit it. There's so much power in in sex and female sexuality. And I think deep down we all know that.
1: Oh yeah. You know,
2: like what is more powerful than a woman who is like secure in her own sexuality and herself.
1: Absolutely.
2: Right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than that. And like we've been held down through shame for a really long time.
1: But Again, that goes back to fear because if you look mm-hmm. way even like deeper than that, or like way mm-hmm. back then, look mm-hmm. at ancient Egypt. They had like a lot of like women pharaohs. That's right. And shit.
2: That's yeah. right. That's right. And look how look at those societies and what they created.
1: Yeah, because men were afraid. I feel like.
2: Absolutely. I mean, of course. That's why, that's why religion. Still to this day, men are
1: afraid. (laughs) Hell yeah. And
2: you know what they should be. (laughs) Hell, what is it? Hell hath no fury? Like a woman woman scorned. But even if you look in like religious doctrines and like the creation stories, like who was always sort of the villain? Like look at Adam and Eve. Who was the villain in that story? Oh, she tempted him. Blah, blah, blah. Like ain't nobody make anybody do anything. Okay. Like, let's let's not let's not do that. And that, I think, is just another way of, like, trying to embed the idea that women are are um, or should be shamed for their sexuality or temptation or whatever it is, or that we give in to those things that we're like the weaker sex. Yeah, like we're not.
1: No, you, you guys aren't. I would not want to deliver a fucking baby. You crazy? Really? Yeah, be, yeah, physically, like a little girl. yeah, physically.
2: Yeah, <laughs> physically, we can withstand more pain than you guys. More emotional pain, psychological pain. But yeah. I think that's also that also comes from conditioning because of like how we've had to maintain ourselves in society, in the workforce, in the family home, in everything. Mm. You know, we've we are not only dominated, but also expected to be everything and handle everything. You know, you got to be the boss bitch, but you also have to be able to cook a five star meal and Mm. take care of three kids. You know what I mean? There's it's really uh, unbalanced. And that unbalance, I, I don't believe, is coming from us.
1: I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. And it's just, it's just society in general.
2: Yeah, well, it's society that we've created. You know, yeah. um, you can't say it's all societies because there's a very big world out no, there where, where women agree. are celebrated. You know, there were yeah. Native American tribes where the and African tribes where the women were the ones going out and getting the food and hunting oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So it just goes to show a real universal thing. So why are we buying into it? why are we buying into it? We need to ask ourselves why we're buying into it.
1: Because of history's bullshit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because of conditioning.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Because of conditioning. Like, you don't hear about those tribes in in high school textbooks. Maybe they get a paragraph or two. But you hear hear more and more. It's true. You hear more and more information that just validates your already... um, you're already settled trains of thought and beliefs so that they continue to remain. That's that it's, it's all on purpose.
1: For sure. That's a fact. It's all,
2: it's all on purpose. That
1: is a fact. Now, what got you into tarot
2: cards? Huh? Well, my, my mentor, uh, Denichi Lazuli, I started training, uh, spiritually with him, just like kind of learning about the universe and numerology. And I had been going for tarot readings with him for like the last five, five or six years. And he honestly, and it's crazy, man. Like he, t- I, I used to record some of our readings that he would do for me. And he told me a long time ago that I'm a mystic and I'm not going to be able to escape it mm. no matter how hard I try um, that I'm supposed to do some spiritual work. Um, But I'm not going to be fully ready until June. And I didn't realize it until this past June when I was already doing it. And I'm like, I listened to this recording and I'm like, holy shit. He told me this like a year ago or two years ago. And I didn't pay attention to him because I was so caught up in my feelings about, you know, my mom dying and, you know, a breakup that I went through with somebody I was with for like three years. I was so caught up in things that were happening like in this 3d life that I wasn't really paying attention. He's like, why do you test your intuition all the time? He's like, your intuition is so strong. Like, but you keep testing it. There's a part of your soul. That's like really experimental. And it's the truth. Like whenever I would go through things, like I would just know things, I would just know it sometimes. And I didn't trust myself and I would stick around almost to see if I was right. Mm. And I always would be. That's you know? crazy. And so, yeah. And so after this last experience, I feel like it was an awakening. It, I can't explain it. I started going through even like these physical symptoms uh, where, you know, I almost they thought I had vertigo. I was getting like really shaky and dizzy. And like, the, it was crazy. And then it dawned on me one day I was taking a walk and I'm like, holy shit, like this is like an awakening, like an an ascension almost. And I was messing around with the cards one day and I was like, why did this happen to me? Like this whole breakup or this or that, like, why am I going through this? And the answer was basically to get back on my spiritual path. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always been something I've been really, really interested in. I've always been kind of obsessed with astrology and horoscopes and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, Anybody that knows me personally knows that about me. Um, And so I've just decided, I guess, with this awakening, I had and learning to love myself for exactly who I am, instead of trying to deny it and quiet that voice, to just like, go for it and see what happens. And like, since I've been doing it, it's just been it's been incredible, and it feels right, and I feel like it's opening, it's opening so many doors for me that way, which only goes to show that I'm on the right path, you know, because it's not a door that has closed on me. It's one that opened when I decided to surrender to it.
1: Mm. That's so fucking deep. You need to read Thank my tarot cards, I swear.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We can do that.
1: Y'all, man, I'm so interested. Where do you think, like, tarot cards came from? Do you know? I always wanted to ask my grandma that.
2: You know, I really don't. I- I'll be honest with you. I really don't. Um, but I can certainly find out for you. Yeah, you know, for me, know. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, there's so many different forms of like spirituality. There are some people like your grandma that do it with like numerology. Numbers are s- super important. Oh, she does tarot- a lot.
1: Trust me. Yeah, she well, does tarot, tarot cards, cards too. Are,
2: they're related to it. There's numbers on the card, and those numbers stand for certain things. You know, there and then the colors in the cards and the numbers will relate to like certain planets, and those planets dictate certain parts of um our personalities or our makeup so it's it's all related it's probably just another medium uh, that we can use to communicate those energies but and- where it originated i mean i'm not i'm not sure but i will definitely find out for you
1: sweet awesome what's your favorite poetry piece you've ever written
2: Ooh, ever yeah. oh my god that's so hard um i think i have a couple I have one that I wrote about my mom um, after she passed away that means a lot to me uh, called Mother. I like that one a lot because I get the crowd involved in that one. Cool. Um, because I do feel like chanting is a, another way to bring more energy into, yeah. into it. And it's for for her to hear it. So I like I like performing that one for sure. And growing up mixed, you know, I felt very misunderstood like to friends of like white european background i was totally spanish to them to <laughs> to hispanic friends i was white or this i did you know? so
1: relate to this yeah <laughs> i'm multiracial yeah. so i
2: i feel right so you know so yeah. i was never really a part of any particular group I, like i'm okay with that you know i'm totally fine with that i didn't grow up to pay attention to that stuff really my mom always said like I don't give a shit if you're purple polka dot, if you're a good person, you're okay in this house. So that's how I see things. Um, So, yeah, you know, I, I wrote a poem kind of about that, um, which I think speaks to a lot of like what's going on now. Like, you know, part of what I say in that, that poem is like, you know, people forget, you know, when they see me, what my name means and where it comes from and so i understand that there's a thing called white adjacent okay and so outside of summertime i get real gray and pale (laughs) (laughs) you know so um and you wouldn't know that in the summertime i i look totally hispanic or native i get like that reddish bronze uh tan you know and um like my father is naturally and uh You know, I write about that. The fact that, you know, I could be perceived a certain thing. You know what? That's fine if you perceive me because then I'm going to use that perceived privilege to speak the truth. Fuck yeah. And that's it. Because perhaps maybe I've been given platforms that maybe somebody else may not have because of this racist undertone that has always kind of existed, especially in this country. For sure. Especially in this country, you know.
1: Well fucking said.
2: Thank you. Now,
1: now, this is a funny question. What's your least favorite poem you ever read? And you're like, what the fuck? What? Why did I write that?
2: Oh my god, I probably threw that shit out. Um, <laughs> no, I never throw anything out. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I never throw anything out. Um, oh my god, my least—I don't think I have a least favorite. I just, I go with what I put out there based on how it feels. Like if mm. I feel like it's ready. Everything that hasn't been put out there is just in the making. Like there's things that I wrote when I was like 18 that I held on to and published when I was like 32 or 33. But, you know, I was able, because I had found my voice and matured and was able to look at a situation different or just more in depth, it became something way more beautiful. You know, so I don't I don't ever throw anything out. You know, it's all it's all important. It's all a part of like your story. So you should never throw anything out or think it's shit. It just may need to be reworked. And like, you'll get there. The inspiration came to you for a reason. It's just probably not fully, fully birthed yet. That's all. It's just a baby. Right. You don't throw out a baby.
1: Yeah. And you got to build it up. Yeah, that's
2: it. Yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't throw out a baby because it doesn't perform the way you want in the first three years. You keep nurturing it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what do you think is going to be the future of like the performing arts once the coronavirus COVID nineteen era is over?
2: Oh, interesting. I mean, we're doing a lot of online stuff right now. Like I've I noticed some... that. Yeah, I need to yeah. do one of those. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> you really do. I've I've like been doing online readings and stuff, which I think is actually really great because we're able to maybe reach people that can't make it to these shows in New York. You know? So I think it's giving us um a wider audience. And I also think it's allowing for like a global discussion mm. and through art and what what is like more beautiful than that? You know, I think there, there was one reading I did where one of the performers was in India. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a, I did a live, uh, Instagram, um, session with a beautiful, beautiful writer that I published in my second book that, um, got into the U S library of Congress. I, I created this anthology of multicultural female and non-binary artists called women of Eve's garden. And I wanted to give a voice to women like me, um, from, from multicultural backgrounds, you know, like my African-American sisters, my, my Latina sisters, you know, this, this young woman, y'all who is in India, who's a beautiful, beautiful poet and writer. Um, I did a live session with her on Instagram. She was in India and I was here. We had viewers both in America and in India, and we were talking about what was happening in COVID and in women's issues and everything. And we were able to have not just our, like, I, I loved that I was able to speak about these issues, not just with people here, experiencing it the way that i am but also seeing how people are experiencing it halfway around the world like we really are all in this shit together
1: seriously we are
2: right and that's the best way to get like the most authentic view of what's really happening it's not just um through one lens t- right exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly exactly we really need to to band together like on a global level this is not just about um, what's happening outside your door? This is this is impacting like everybody, and think about the people in countries who don't have access to a lot of the supplies that we do. Shit. You know
0: it's, like, it's, it's bigger, so crazy. It's bigger,
2: it's bigger, it's bigger, it's bigger than we're than we're being led to believe. Um, you know, I also don't like the whole fear mongering thing <clears throat> at all. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't like that. So, you know, whatever you give energy to persists. So it's not good to go, like, too far into that. But it's not just, like I said, outside your door. Like, we all need to think about what we need to do, like, on a global level. Like, this thing came in to make all of us sit on our asses for a reason. Yeah. Not only for self-reflection and healing within ourselves, but the planet needed to heal.
1: Yeah, and the planet needed... Uh, Sorry, sorry to cut you off.
2: No, it's okay. Animals coming back into certain bodies of water and stuff like that. Like, even though COVID is like a a sickness or a disease, whatever you want to call it, like, we have been quite the virus.
1: Yes, exactly. For for the planet. And we needed to be humbled.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if this doesn't fucking humble people, I I don't know what's going to do it. But I think it's happening, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. I really do. We're getting there. We're- I agree. Okay. Okay, now, I ask every single guest I have on this show this question. Are okay. you ready for this?
2: Yes, I am.
1: Have you ever smoked weed?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you, do, do you have any funny weed stories you can share?
2: Um. Oh, my God. Okay, when I was 17.
1: Oh, shit. That number. <laughs> Yo,
2: I swear to God. I was 17, and I smoked a blunt with... <laughs> Um, my boyfriend at the time, and I don't know what was in that, but it was laced with something.
1: Oh yeah. it
2: I couldn't remember <laughs> how I got from point A to point B. I didn't think I was really there. I, w- I remember going into to a deli to get like an Arizona iced tea and I was like touching <laughs> the glass of the car because oh, I didn't really shit. think I was there. Yeah. It was, it was messed up. My friend had to stay with me for like eight hours. Really. Um, hate, yeah. Uh, re- really messed up. I mean, that doesn't happen to me now. I'm a big girl. But,
1: <laughs>
2: you know, yeah, the most that happens now is I eat way too much chocolate till I get like a stomach ache. And that's it. Oh,
1: like, man. Same here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Because, you know, my family was very old fashioned. So like, um, I wasn't exactly broadcasting it.
1: No, um, I feel you
0: know. You
2: know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, sorry, mom and dad, sorry.
1: <laughs> but I feel like now weed is becoming more. It, it's a medicine, and it's just it's it being is. more accepted.
2: It's first of all, it is a medicine. Okay, our Definitely, brain, yeah. our brains have cannabinoid receptors. Our bodies, evolutionary yes. wise, are built for it. Okay, it, it induces appetite. Maybe for people that are. um like they, you know, for like cancer patients, let's say, right, that are undergoing certain treat- treatments, Oh yeah. right? It relieves symptoms of Parkinson's disease. It, yep. It's a pain reliever as well for people with menstrual cramps, for anxiety, for, for so many things, for so many things. Even if you just do like the CBD form of it, right? Exactly. I, I gave my mom very high, uh, high potency, just CBD, uh, tincture for anxiety and for pain when she was sick. And mm. I gave it to my dad so that he could try to sleep and relax after she passed away instead of taking fucking sleeping pills or all exactly. this other stuff that kills you. In Thank the long you. Run. <laughs> yep. They give you stuff like a band aid, right? But it only actually creates more illnesses for you to buy more shit and more drugs. It's, it's all about money. Pharmaceuticals are about money. Like even Tylenol. Why do you need Tylenol? It's willow bark. Shit. Right? It's willow bark.
1: Insane.
2: Yeah, you, like you don't need that. If you get willow bark, it, that's a pain reliever. Maybe it'll take a little bit more time, but that's because it's more natural. But if you stick to it, it will give you that relief. Like even for soreness, like don't buy Bengay with all those chemicals in it. Get an Arnica cream. Mm. It's more natural and it does the same thing and it's better for you.
1: I it, agree. Even certain food we eat, I feel like I just became a plant-based pescatarian. Like I stopped eating meat completely, and it's just me too. Can, I'm can,
2: pescatarian as well. Oh
1: shit! Awesome. Hey. We got to get some salmon. Man. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but the way like we used to eat, that shit was terrible for us. And like now, I feel way healthier than I was before it when I stopped eating disease.
2: meat. It creates yes, disease. It creates disease. And even if you think about the word disease, if you separate it, it's dis-ease in the body. That's where sickness comes from. And a lot of these meats, because of the way we treat animals and the way that they're processed, creates this. Like you're eating a lot of stress hormones. What do you think is gonna happen when that's like what you're eating?
1: Shit. That is a fact
2: you know like what do you think is gonna happen i'm not even saying that we should be eating fish i don't know about that but like i'm not giving that up right now and that's yeah me sto- neither that's my story and i'm sticking to it yeah yeah and there's
1: a, <laughs> and there's a lot of omega-3s <laughs> right
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that it's good for your brain i'm sure there's other things that are just as good for it but um yeah like the way you know cows and pigs and chickens like pumping all that shit into yeah, it uh-uh. yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. you are what you eat food is medicine The earth provides the earth provides everything that you need. Food should not only be an enjoyment, which it should be, I believe in that, but like it's also medicine. Like you are what you eat. If you're not feeling good, you should probably take a look at like what you're putting in your body.
1: That's so true, and I've been eating like avocados and bananas like crazy, and drinking like pomegranate juice. And it's just, it's like so good for you. Like I feel great when I like eat or drink it in the morning. It's just what does
2: that tell you? It's the right thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what your body needs, right?
1: Yeah, because they put so much shit in like all these other foods, and there's no money. There's no money
2: in it for them for you to eat healthy. That's why they make it so expensive, so that only certain groups of people have access to eating that way.
1: That's so fucking crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. How many published books do you have?
2: I have two, and I'm working on my third one right now. Plug them in. (laughs) Hey, so the first one is uh, Thunder and Sunshine in One Body. That was my first manuscript. The second book is the one that got into the U.S. Library of Congress, which is uh, Women of Eve's Garden. It's an anthology Um, And the third one is going to be called uh, Words for My Collarbone. Sweet. Thank you.
1: Do you have anything else in the works that you're trying to put together?
2: Well, right now I'm concentrating on on my tarot stuff. My tarot stuff, for sure. um, Because I feel like I've been able to help a lot of people lately. Even if it's for them to just feel better or validate certain things in their lives. And that is... Such a good feeling. Other than that, the girl, y'all in India that I told you about, we did this uh live Instagram thing as like a test run to see how it would go because I really do feel a powerful connection with this girl and we've never met in person. Wow. We've never met in person. We met through the inspired word. Um, she had been to New York, I guess, at some point and performed with them and she messaged me on Facebook, I believe it was, I guess, after seeing maybe Mike post some of my stuff. And I swear I must have known her in another life or we're just part of the same spirit family. I don't really know, but I feel like I've known her forever. Crazy. Um, And she, she feels the same way. So we just have a very similar, similar passion, similar passionate nature towards towards what we do. And she inspires me a lot. She's just such such an amazing human being. So We did that live Instagram thing um, to hopefully create a podcast with each other eventually.
1: Hey, do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was so good. We only wanted to do it for like an hour. It lasted for like two and a half hours and people didn't want us to leave. So um, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So I'm going to be reconnecting with her soon. I was just talking to her the other day about doing another one. So Shit. yeah, throughout throughout the remainder of this year, that's gonna be my second little baby with her.
1: Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And before we take a quick break, because I have like two more questions for you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: since you mentioned podcasts, you should start it with Anchor, who is our sponsor, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: What up, yeah. Anchor? I totally will. I'm writing that name down right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we gotta take a quick break and I got two more questions for you. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But first I know a lot of you are wondering, where can you find me on social media? Well, let me tell you. You can find me on Instagram at Torres 2020 You can find me on Twitter at Torres. You can like my page or add me on Facebook, just Keon Torres. Now, back to Kush Chat.
2: Hey, so excited. Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm having such a good time.
1: Oh, awesome. No, this was amazing. This is has been thus far one of my favorite interviews.
2: Oh, my God. I'm so, Thank you so much. A lot. To yeah, me. yeah.
1: No, it, it, it's so cool. Like talking to someone you can relate to. And that's very hard yeah. for me, especially.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. Right. It, it's very um, you can feel like the energy, right? It's like very hyped.
1: Hell yeah. Like yeah. it's it's definitely up there, and I'm That's, all charged up. I'm ready dude, to conquer the world tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am
2: I am I am cheesing right now, like I'm smiling so hard. So I'm 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 just so grateful uh to you for oh, thank you I'm for, for giving me Likewise. your
1: time. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> oh man, I, I knew this was gonna be a very fascinating interview, and this Damn, I'm at a loss for words right now. <laughs> Shit. That's
2: okay. We yeah. don't have to over intellectualize it, you know? Sometimes it's just about feeling it.
1: No, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, because like I always have like a billion, trillion things in my head running at once. Me too. I, okay. I feel like
2: my brain never stops. Yeah. Yeah. What very, do you think that is, aggressive. real quick? Um, really, I think that's just our creative nature, right? It's just we're constantly observing things. And we're constantly questioning things. And and we're, we're very, like, easily stimulated, right? Because I think creative people are, are by nature, like, kind of sensitive. So we're very sensitive to like other people's energy, things happening around us. And we're constantly trying to figure it out. You know, get getting to the root of things, questioning things like if, if we weren't doing that, I think that restless energy would turn into anxiety.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And insomnia.
2: <laughs> yes. Believe me, I've been there. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. What do you want your legacy to be?
2: Oh, wow. That's such an important question.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, well, I think it's not, it's not necessarily about what you do, right? But it's about like, how you make people feel
1: exactly that
2: that's what people remember so you know some of the most rewarding experiences with my poetry is when I've read things about my mom or maybe relationships I went through or whatever it is people that came up to me after I read those poems and were like oh my god that's exactly what I'm going through and now I feel like I know what to do and blah 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 like I don't know that person and I don't know if I'll ever see them again but I inspired some sort of action in them through my own experience. So I think just sharing myself is is the best thing that I can do. You know, trying to give people just like a little bit a little bit of peace. And um just try trying to stick stick with that. I think that's gonna be the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. For me. For me, whether it's through tarot and I make somebody feel better about whatever's going through their through their head or whatever's going on in their heart or in their relationships and whatever. Um, and with my poetry, you know, between that and doing the workshops with younger kids, yeah. you know, I, I think those are all things that are bigger than myself. And that's, that's the most important thing.
1: Amazing. Amazing. What a way to close this out. <laughs> Last question. Where yeah. can people find you?
2: <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. Um, it'll be, uh, you know, what, what is my poetry page? It's such a good, if you just look up thunder and sunshine in one body, that's the name of my poetry page. Um, and Instagram is where you'll find me most of the time. So that is at underscore L B poetry underscore. I post a lot of my tarot stuff and my poetry on there. I'm, I'm on that shit all the time. Um, so if anybody wants to hit me up or collaborate or just talk, ask me questions, I'm, I'm always open for connection.
1: Get a tarot reading going on. Hell
2: yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. You could DM me, DM me. I'm here for you. Hey, listen, you know, it's like, if you're given a gift, right, it's, it's your duty to share it. It's your duty to share it. And not, not just as like, a like, a in a selfish way, it's, it's you know, you should be extending your gift with love and like to help people, right? I mean, otherwise, I'm not really fulfilling a purpose that I was given. Mm. So that's, that's what I'm here for. I really feel like even though maybe a lot of my life, I've kept myself guarded. um, I'm really, I'm really in a process of like opening up my heart and my heart is, is open to anyone that needs, needs a ear. You no, know, mm. I'm 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 here. So, hit me up.
1: Mm. Oh, before we wrap this up, though, I ha- yeah. I forgot to ask you this earlier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, go back. Let's go back to when you. I was watching your video when you was like talking about the Sagittarius reading you did. Um, yes, that was very interesting, and I want you to explain it to me more.
2: Okay, I have to go back and see, because I did. You know, there's twelve signs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> So let me just see which one that was for you. Hold on.
1: That was the one where like, oh, somebody gets pregnant. That doesn't. Yeah. Oh,
2: Sagittarius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You messaged me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just weird because there were so many cards that came up that could mean pregnancy. So um, to me, it looked like that. You know, there were cards about fatherhood in there. And then there were cards um, that showed, like, a woman possibly being pregnant. But at the same time, like, pregnancy, and I I said this in it as well, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, an actual birth of a person. It could be the birth of an idea.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of that, like, metaphorically.
2: Metaphorically, it could be the birth of an idea, a business venture, um, because that's, I like to call it, right? I always say, like, oh, that's my baby you know like poetry is my baby or what you do is like your baby right you nurture it so that it grows to its fullest potential it doesn't necessarily mean like somebody's actually yeah. about to give birth it could be be giving birth to
1: my podcast <laughs> exactly exactly
2: exactly but exactly that's exactly what it is you know what i mean so you can apply it as it feels right like when you listen to readings and stuff intuitively, you know,
0: yeah,
2: right. Intuitively, you already know whether or not it resonates for you. And one way I like to explain like, oh, well, how do you know if it's right or wrong or this or that? It's like if you were to say, oh, I'm going to flip a coin,
0: Mm. heads
2: or tails. Deep down, you already know which side you hope falls or you expect to fall or whatever it is. Right. So deep down, you already know. You already know deep down. Everybody knows themselves deep down. Everybody knows what something means deep down. It's just about like really tapping into it. So there's a part of me. I See, I even wrote it at the bottom of the post. I'm going to read it to you if I could scroll down here. Hold on. All
1: right, cool. Sweet.
2: Yeah, I said, I said, if this is not a pregnancy, consider it the birth of a project or business venture. Being a helping hand in getting it started and built up or someone playing a counselor role, for the ones beginning the project or venture with maternal undertones, or you might be the parents of that person. The emperor in this reading is on his throne as this might be the person looking to own their own venture. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) So you might be the emperor. You know what I mean? And there might be someone who comes in who has a much more maternal or, um, motherly air about her feeling about her that helps you with with this um, with this birth of this idea that you have. Damn that sounds like my dream woman. (laughs) (laughs) But it's crazy because the card that came up and I said this to you too the card that came up with it was a card that is related to cancer Pisces Scorpio um, Zodiac signs and I'm a Pisces. So it's interesting that we're sitting here on this phone call for your podcast right now.
1: Yeah, that talking is, about it. That is really fucking deep, and that just blew my mind. <laughs> oh shit!
2: <laughs> <laughs> so like it, it like I said, you sometimes you can't take it so literally, right? Because no, absolutely. That was a general reading for Sagittarius in general, and you guys know your lives better than I do, but. Mm. There's a, a lot of stuff I feel like you're resonating with, mm. even the, though that was general.
1: What did yours say about Ooh. Pisces? Yeah.
2: Pisces. Let's go to Pisces because I did that in the beginning. Pisces. So it was about karma, you know, and um, reunions of some kind and finding balance. And I, I do believe that what I just went through was a karmic balancing um and a karmic cleansing which was part of like the physical reactions and stuff i was happening because i was in a cycle like a toxic cycle throughout many 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 relationships not just even the last one but i think the lesson was finally learned which has made me more balanced within myself and it was about karma playing playing its role. And for me to just be patient, because balance is going to be restored. So I've started to see some of that kind of happen. Already, I won't go into details, because you know, it involves other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: whatever. But um, I certainly feel more, more balanced even already, because the reading was for the end of June through July. uh, Because it was done about a week ago. Um, and I've started to see some of those changes already, but I know it's not done yet. I know it's coming because I've done readings for, for myself, which I don't really like to do because you can drive yourself crazy. Um, but one of the cards that always keeps coming up for me is uh, the justice card, which is about karma. Mm. So I'm still in the process of this, this, karmic, this karmic cleansing. But that's a good thing because that means that I'm breaking the cycle. Which is only going to open me up to the right path, you know. So the steps that I'm taking are right. And it was a lot about patience. A lot about patience and a lot about using my intuition, which obviously I'm doing, right? (laughs) And I'm tapping into more. So yeah, it's I just have to be patient. You know, July July is gonna be a month of balance for me. And and I already feel it. So
1: no, balance is, balance is very, very important. And I feel like we all mm-hmm. have to balance correctly.
2: And that's hard. It's it's not easy to find balance, right? It's not easy. Sometimes, you know, it's it's a sometimes finding balance isn't necessarily getting the outcome that you expect. It, it could involve letting go.
0: Mm. That is you true,
2: know. too. Yeah, like that. the word balance is so loaded. It could be a lot of different things. It doesn't mean that, oh, because somebody did you wrong, then they're going to get shitted on. Like, no, maybe the balance is you letting go and living a way more fulfilling life without them. Yeah,
1: and acknowledge our flaws.
2: Exactly, exactly. Because what is it about you and your energy that attracted that situation to you?
1: Exactly, yeah.
2: Because everything is you. Everything and everyone in your life is a mirror. Think about it that way shit yeah you
1: you gotta write that one down
2: (laughs) (laughs) i will i will but it's true i mean i have a poem about that in my in my first book that you know it's your self-thought your your thoughts give way to feelings and feelings give way to your perception and your perception gives way to your behavior and your behavior then impacts situations and the way people react to you everything is from you
1: absolutely You, you, you have
2: to take ownership of yourself That's where the balance comes in. It's not from an external source at all. It's not. If that's what you're expecting, you're never going to be balanced.
1: God damn. Yeah. You need to to make a podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I intend to. I intend to. And when I do, you will certainly be on it.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for being a part of this. This was amazing.
2: Thank you so much. I had an amazing time. And I'm just so happy I got to talk about everything that we did, you know, and just be myself on here and share it with you and, and all of your listeners.
1: Yeah, no, the listeners are gonna love it. Wow, this Mm -hmm. has been absolutely a trip. And I feel like we have like a lot of gems on this. And this is gonna inspire, you know, the next poet or you know the next tarot card reader like you never know who listens to this you're going to feel inspired by you know what you went through your experience you know your accomplishments it's just this is just really going to be really thoughtful for all anyone who listens to this so it's thank going, you so much
2: you're welcome it's going it's going to reach the people it's meant to
1: exactly you
2: know and they're going to be brought to this um this airing of it, not by chance, but because they were meant to tune into it. And I hope that anybody who finds themselves listening to it is inspired by it and take something, take something from it, from both of us, you know, because that's, that's what we're here for. We're artists, we're here to share ourselves and we're here to share ourselves with them. And we're also here to receive and, and support them as well.
1: Yes, well said. <laughs> and we got to do this again in person once shit, like, calms down more. Like, whatever.
2: Absolutely.
1: Even though people don't give a fuck nowadays, I feel like everybody doesn't care anymore.
2: <laughs> I know, but you should. Everyone <laughs> yes, listening, I agree. please care. Please. History repeats itself. Even astrologically, they're saying things, like, about September. I think we're opening things way too early. So I agree. Even, even if you have to go to work and stuff like that, just be smart. Wash your hands. I carry hand sanitizer Me in my too. purse at all times. <laughs> so I'm always all up in that. You know what I mean? Just just be safe. Be smart. And wear you a know, mask. Don't, yeah, wear a mask. Don't take life for granted. It's very, very precious. It's a gift you were given. Okay? So um, value it and protect it.
1: Shit. Well yeah. said. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing night and we thank you we'll definitely stay in touch take care
2: absolutely you too hon thank you so much peace bye